Hey everyone, what's going on? I'm Coach Mike and welcome to the MindFit Method Podcast. All right, so we're going to have some fun today because this is a conversation that I seem to be having so much more often uh, with people in all walks of life. And it's not something that I'm bringing up. It's something that that people I'm talking to are bringing up more and more often because it's something that's really beginning to bother them. Uh, Because you know what? Look, our society has changed quite a bit in the United States today. Um, And we're actually at a point now where we've gone from celebrating mediocrity to actually, you know, expecting sub-mediocrity and still being okay with it. And because of that shift that has happened, you know, with a little hard work and a killer mindset, it is going to be a lot easier to become great in this country. So the giant question is this, how do we as parents, teachers, school administrators, policymakers, coaches, how do we prepare our kids for a future that doesn't yet exist? All while making them healthier, more creative, more innovative, better problem solvers, and overall successful contributors to society. That is the question, and this podcast has the answers. My name is Coach Mike, and welcome to the MindFit Method Podcast. So I know you're probably thinking I just contradicted myself, right? I said, with hard work and a good mindset, it's going to get easier to be great or be incredibly successful in this country. And while that sounds like, you know, I'm literally contradicting myself, I'm not. And here's why. Because what we are seeing today is that people are not putting in hard work. People do not have the right mindset. And if you do, just do those two things and take action on a regular basis in a wide variety of worlds, whether it's health, whether it's fitness, whether it's business, whether it's learning, whatever it is, you are going to become great. You are going to rapidly exceed the levels of so many of the people around you. And while that sounds kind of harsh, that's just the reality today. We are a society of survival of the fittest, but society has changed quite a bit in what the quote unquote fittest means. And I don't even mean from a fitness standpoint, I just mean from a human standpoint. So to start this conversation off, we're going to dive into the world of education in schools because honestly, it's, it's, you can't get away from it. Um, you know, school districts, school boards, curriculum, student performance, all of those things are in the news now every single day. And, you know, we've, what we're watching right now is that schools and the education system are decreasing standards. And they're using terms like racism and things like that to be able to say, oh, we can't expect children to do well in math because math is racist. And while that's absurd, math is math, right? Um, we're, we're starting to deflect and we're starting to distract. And while this has been going on for a long time, it's really starting to kick in now. Um, why do you think that uh, there's so much talk about these controversial curriculums that are being inserted into schools today. It's a distraction, right? It's to get people all fired up and get people all emotional about what should or should not be taught to a child 
because if they were to just talk about things like student performance and how they're getting kids to learn better and how they're getting kids to be more successful, it would be a very dark and um, almost like limiting conversation because they just have nothing to be able to come out with to talk about the amazing things that they're working on in those worlds. So we start to inject all of this distracting curriculum. Um, we have school districts and cities, I mean, just turn on the news right now, um, that, you know, 55% of school districts uh, in a, a specific city are, you know, failing in the world of student performance for math or for English or for all these other things. And everyone's just like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. What are we going to do about this? Guys, this has been going on for a long time. And I can use my example as a board member. And look, when I was a board of education member, I was not a liked individual and I could have cared less. In fact, the more that people disliked me because we were trying to hold the school district, the school system, the education system, the teachers, the uh, administration accountable, the more that they hated me for that, the more I loved it and the more I realized just how much we had to hold those things accountable. And you know, there were situations where, you know, you would, uh, someone would be recommended for tenure, a teacher would be recommended for tenure. And everyone in the school, including all the other teachers, knew that this was a terrible teacher. But administration didn't want to do their job, right? They didn't want to come back and say, sorry to that employee, you are not getting tenure because you're a terrible teacher. And I haven't assessed you properly. I haven't coached you properly. I haven't guided you properly. Um, they would just let it pass. And uh, school boards don't know any better, right? School boards are sitting there saying, okay, well, if this is the recommendation of the superintendent or the recommendation of the principal that these people should be tenured, what do we know, right? They should be tenured until you start to question those things. And I actually did that one day. A whole board did that one day. Uh, we actually questioned uh, the recommendation for tenure for two teachers. And when we actually questioned the school official about it, the school official came right out to my face and said, uh, well, I just recommend them because I didn't do my job and I don't want to deal with the issues, and, which is insane. But these are our kids' futures. So to allow that is just absolutely insane, um, which is, again, why we're inserting all of this distracting curriculum so that we don't have to talk about the reality that our education system is beyond broken. So... Again, we've lowered the standards so low that it's just not, it's not acceptable. But if you are a student and you put in that hard work, you do the, you, you be disciplined about doing your work and about getting it done, uh, about actually showing up to class, about being engaging in the classroom, um, which, what does that mean? Working towards good grades. Now, here's a great question. Is an A in history today the same, requiring the same effort that an A required 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago? Great question, and it probably depends upon the teacher. But work to be towards the top of your class. Don't just come in with that attitude of, ah, you know, as long as I pass, I'm good. Own it. Own it. If you're a student, whether you're in grammar school, if you're in middle school, if you're in high school, if you're in college, own it. Be the one that literally is going to exceed all expectations because we've become a society today where if we meet the minimum expectations, right? We see that on uh, employee performance reviews. If we meet the minimum expectations, then they're fine. What is fine, right? 
whenever I'll be honest, guys, when I ask my wife, something, if I ask my wife how she's doing and she says, fine, I know it's not fine. Right. Um, so that fine is not OK. It never has been OK. But suddenly we've allowed that. And on top of it, we're creating, you know, and this, this is a big talk today. We're creating these safe spaces. Right. Um, which my own personal opinion is the worst possible thing that we can do. Now, let me explain that statement. Number one, every child should have the opportunity to be able to thrive and thrive and flourish in a quote-unquote safe space. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't do things to make them hard, to make it hard for them, to make them disciplined, and to make them, you know, be resilient. Because resiliency is what is going to drive people forward in the future. Because we have become so soft as a society, uh, and everyone's so triggered by everything, um, not having that resilience and not having a success mindset um, is literally taking us in the wrong direction. But if you do train yourself to be resilient, if you put yourself in a situation where you have to do hard things, that is going to take you further because it is going to put you in a class of people that don't um, don't take no for an answer, that keep pushing forward, and that aren't always looking for, oh, I'm now triggered, I'm now emotional. Um, that emotion, that triggering is going to lead to the demise of society. Let's even take it even further. Let's talk about our health. Right. I remember when and <laughs> this one actually goes kind of against in some way my, my political uh, views a little bit because I've always viewed that, you know, uh, government should not be very, very involved in people's lives. Uh, but I say that tongue in cheek in, in certain ways, because I remember when Mayor Bloomberg uh, in New York instituted uh, the ban on like the big gulp, like the giant oversized sodas. And everyone like freaked out that they should be able to buy their oversized soda or whatever it is. But here's the funny part. We had already proven as a society because obesity was skyrocketing that we couldn't handle our own situation. We couldn't control ourselves. And that continues today. Obesity is going through the roof right now, right? Every year, obesity increases. Every year, obesity increases for children. Yet, you know, we just allow this to be and say, no, 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 no. I deserve the right to be able to destroy myself. All right. Well, then if you get into the healthcare conversation, if you have the right to destroy yourself, should I then have the right to not have to pay for your medical expenses because you chose not to take care of yourself? And I know a lot of people right now are probably thinking, yes, but Mike, you have to understand it's expensive to, you know, take care of your health. It's expensive to eat healthy. It's expensive to be be fit. And to all of that, I will say that is 100% not true. I've talked about it in previous podcast episodes, um, but that is exactly what society is trying to sell you, that you can't be fit because you don't have time. You work so hard and it's too expensive to do it. You can't eat healthy because eating healthy is expensive, yet you will go to McDonald's and spend $10 on a quote-unquote extra value meal that is nothing but saturated fat, chemicals, and everything that you should not be eating on a daily basis. So that being said, what if you take the other approach? What if you actually take care of your health? Now, this is the MindFit Method podcast, so you know I'm going to tie in exercise and the brain. But if you want to make more money, and this sounds crazy, right? But it's really not. 
you want to make more money, start exercising. Because when you exercise, it enhances your brain. It allows your brain to learn faster, which means you are then going to be smarter. And if you're smarter in the right areas, you can then work towards uh, actually having more money. But here's the funny thing about fitness today, right? We are seeing the media villainize fitness and say that fitness is only for, again, we're bringing racism into it, we're bringing political parties into it, and that people that are super fit, they only fit into this category. Guys, people that take care of their fitness, that make sure they exercise, that actually watch their nutrition, um, to say that they are, to then attack them, right? And to villainize the fact that someone is actually going to take care of their body and take care of their health, take care of their nutrition, that is insane. But let me get a little conspiracy theorist for a minute, right? The person who is independent, who is strong, who doesn't require a lot of uh, medical intervention, who is successful on their own, you know what those people don't need? They don't need government or society telling them what to do. And I think that we're actually getting to a point where that is threatening to politicians, to media today, because it seems that our world today is all about control. It's about attention. It's about making sure, I mean, attention is actually the, the, um, you know, probably most valuable resource in the world today. But, you know, they're, they're recommending that we don't do the things that we need to do. I mean, there are doctors, trained doctors now that are saying, you know, people should not have to eat healthy. They should just enjoy their, their dietary experience, even if it kills them. Imagine if you said that after everything that the media said today. You should just, you know, enjoy life, even if it kills you. You should just, um, you know, enjoy your food, even if it's really bad for you and it kills you. Now, look, we all have the same finish line. We know that, right? The finish line is we're all going to die at some point. But while you're here, you need to make the most of that time. Make the most of yourself. Because in the past, to be great, it required a 10, right? In order to be a 10, you had to be great. And then the bar just kept lowering and lowering and lowering and lowering. And now the expectation is that if people are a two or three, you're okay. Uh, Feel good about yourself. It's fine. There's that word again, fine. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't shoot for being a 12. Screw a 10, right? If a 10 is amazing, then go and be a 12. But don't, certainly don't, if the bar is three, don't be happy with a five when you know you have it inside of you to become a 10. Because overall society, we are, they are pushing victim mentality and scarcity. So scarcity meaning that if someone, if person A is successful, then person B can't be, right? Um, and when you do that, you then invoke emotion in the people of, wait, how come that person could be successful and I can't? It's literally creating that victimhood mentality. And we're seeing that in our schools today. We're seeing that in how our kids are being taught. And because of that, where do you think that leads our future generations? Do you think it's leading to amazing things or do you think it's leading to a downturn in the world? And here's an interesting thought, right? We thought if we go all the way back, and I was having this conversation actually with my wife the other day. If you go back to the time of like, um, I don't know, the 80s, when we used to talk about 
robots. We used to talk about uh, you know artificial intelligence and all of those things. We used to assume that when we had technology like that, that life would be better, that we would be super healthy, that you know in the world of Star Trek, they just wave a wand over you and suddenly you heal, right? We, we, that's how we assumed technology was going to go. I don't think we ever, ever imagined that as our technology got more advanced, we would deteriorate as humans. Our health would deteriorate. Our physical uh, fitness would deteriorate. Our nutrition would deteriorate. We thought it was all going to get better. Remember when we just thought we were going to take one pill a day, it was all the nutrients we needed. We didn't even need to eat. We don't do any of that, right? It's gone the exact opposite of what it was supposed to be. Instead, technology has turned us into a bunch of zombies where we sit on phones all day long scrolling Instagram because we can't control our incessant need for an overabundance of dopamine. And, you know, I remember growing up as a kid when um, when my parents told me, my parents introduced me to someone that I didn't know. When I, you know, when I met someone I didn't know, whether they were there or not, what were you supposed to do? You were supposed to look the person in the eye. You were supposed to say hello and be polite and be courteous, put out your hand, shake your hand, right? This was the society that I grew up in. And then all of a sudden everything changed and we started talking about how we shouldn't talk to strangers. And while that is true, because you want to make sure that, you know, your kids are safe at the same time, all the things that used to be important, whether it was holding a door for someone saying hello, now we seem to do everything we can to avoid people, not to, you know, be forward and professional and say hello. I mean, I get shocked today and kudos to all you parents that have taught your kids to do this. When a child turns around and holds a door for someone today, do you know how uncommon that is? That should be one of the most common, most simplest things that happens, but yet it's not. And again, that's because even as, as a society today, I see politicians doing this all the time. Politics today has convinced us that our biggest enemy is our neighbor because if they don't think exactly like we do, then they must hate us. And that's a crazy world that we live in today. Whether it's on political things, whether it's on whatever, I have some of the most fascinating conversations with people that actually, for the most part, think quite differently than I do. And that's a good thing. That's how I learn. It's how I realize the things that I thought I believed or that I thought were um, absolutely empirical and that could not be changed, you suddenly realize when you see things from different points of view, you realize, oh my gosh, I didn't know everything because we need to keep learning. We're obsessed today with the idea that the only place that kids can learn is in school. The only place that college kids, college age kids can learn is in college. Yet Elon Musk just the other day was talking about you do not need college. Right? You can learn anything that you want to learn on the internet for free. The difference is that you don't get the paper trophy at the end. And because we become a society so big on those you know, participation trophies, which let's be honest, a lot of people that are in college, and I'm going to put myself in this too, when I did my undergrad, my degree uh, as an undergrad was probably a participation trophy. Right? I did not have great grades for my bachelor's degree. I had nearly perfect grades for my master's, but that's because I did my master's 10 years after I did my, my bachelor's. I had 10 years of working experience and I was able to apply the methodology that was being taught to me to my everyday life because I already understood it. 
But here's the question then. Was I really understanding it? Was I learning something in school or was I just uh, reviewing things that I had already learned in the workplace? Great question for another day. The other thing that I'm seeing today is that, you know, the world is praising those that are soft, those that are vulnerable, um, those that need those, those safe places, yet, and kind of encouraging it, yet at the same time, they are, everyone's wondering why those that are tough, that are hard, that are disciplined, why are they the ones that excel? Because you know what? They're going for that 10. They're going for that 12. They're not accepting three, four, and five. And we're going to get to a point where that minimum expectation is probably a one, right? That's probably where we're going at this point because it just keeps dropping back and back and back and back. Our lives are so unique, uh, each one of us, but every one of us has the ability to be more than who we are right now. I don't care how successful you are. Um, I don't care how fit you are. You can always be more. You can always better yourself. And I think we're losing that in today's society. We're losing the idea that it is important to make yourself better, to make yourself smarter. Um, you don't have to be that cog in the machine. You can be a huge contributor to society um, a huge success in your own right to yourself and whatever you view as being successful. But don't let society trick you into thinking that less is more because it's not. But because society is moving that way, it is going to become easier and easier to be great. You just have to put in that hard work. You just have to have that killer rock solid mindset and you have to be able to be the one to actually take action, not to overthink, not to wait till everything is perfect because let's be honest, perfect makes you complacent, right? Um, I've had situations where, you know, you think, oh, if I could just take a day off, I'd get so much done. And then you don't, right? Instead, if you just take an hour a day every day and work on the things that you have to do, by the end of the week, you are already seven hours in, which is almost taking off a full day worth of work. Guys, drive yourself forward. Keep pushing higher and higher and higher and do not let society trick you into thinking that less is more. Hey everyone, I hope you guys liked this episode. If you did, I'd be forever grateful if you were to share it on social media. And if you haven't gotten your copy of the MindFit Method book, make sure you go to themindfitmethod.com where I will ship you out a copy at literally nothing compared to what it uh, retails on, on Amazon. So keep driving forward, keep making yourself better. And until next time.